Welcome to the suburbs. I'm Kim. I'm Juice. And this, this is, is Suburban, Suburban Podcast. Podcast. We're just two bougie Negroes trying to figure out how to express our blackness in white spaces. Follow us on Twitter at Suburban Pod. All right. Have fun and enjoy. yesterday i'm off today me too i don't know how to fuck the act i've been doing absolutely nothing like i had it's so funny because like when you had you we look forward to off days so we can relax but at the same time i'm always like okay i could be doing things i can be getting stuff done then those days come and i'll be like nah yeah like that's how i feel like i was anything i was like all right i'm gonna do all this stuff like i I set an appointment for Cooper to take him to the vet this morning. So I took him at 1030. That Negro acted so fucking out of place the entire time. And so I got him back to the house. Uh, and we just sat there and chilled watching uh, 13 Reasons Why. <laughs> I'm almost, I think I got two more episodes to go. That shit's cold crazy. Is though. it 13 episodes again? Cause wouldn't it thirteen episodes last time? Cause everybody had a tape. Damn, I'm gonna be on. I'm gonna have two more episodes. Here. That shit's getting intense though. Like it starts off slow, but like, and you're kind of like in the beginning, you're like, I don't know if this is as good as the first season, and then by episode eight, you're like, no, nah, this shit is intense. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it tonight. I'm gonna binge watch. Um. Okay. So. In this America, <laughs> we have been having uh, a lot of school shootings. Uh, I guess it's happening more, or is it really just that we hear about them more? I've been trying to decide. That's a good question. Um, I feel like it's happening more, though. Yeah. Like, the levels of it, too. Like, I remember when we were kids, like... I can name offhand like the ones that like in like the of course Columbine ones. like right. Jonesboro. Uh, this we were in high school, but Virginia Tech. Uh, True. Um, those are really the big ones that like I feel like impacted us all, especially after Columbine. Columbine changed. Columbine, like that's when we had to switch what kind of book bags we were carrying, and they were talking about putting metal detectors in the schools. Wear coats in the building. Dress code change. You had to keep your pants or your shirt tucked in your pants. You had to have your shorts a certain length. You had like. That's why I don't get the people that act like. The people that are so opposed to like gun control, they're like, we can't do nothing. It's like, we didn't do that after Columbine. Yeah. We literally changed the way schools were built and everything. We strapped down on everything. Yeah. And people didn't... I don't remember hearing opposing sides that everybody was just just like, all right, I mean... It's just like that one guy, the shoe bomber, like he did... He had that one bomb in his shoe and everybody was like, all right, we take our shoes off at the airport now. Right. It wasn't a big, like... Yeah, infringing on my rights. Everybody was just like, okay, that's gonna keep everybody safe. Because that's what everybody thinks it is. Everybody thinks it's a, it's an attack on guns and and an attack on your ability or your right to keep you and your family safe. And that's not it. Like, right. Like, and, and plus, like, as a gun owner, I I don't take it personal, and I also think it's ridiculous that. You know how long it took for me to buy a handgun? How long? 15 minutes. I went in. I, I told one guy I wanted. They ran the background check. Came back. 15 minutes later, I left. Had never shot that gun before. 15 minutes, I had a handgun. You don't have to pass any safety 
Nothing. You just get to And go even in. if you do get flagged, I think after 10 days, you can still get the weapon. Like, wow. it's a lot of loopholes. And, like, I, of course, I mean, I'm mostly liberal, but, I mean, I'm a gun owner. At one time, I, I kept it on me I mean, all the time. Most, I, I'm not going to say I think most liberals are gun owners, but I think most people in America, period, are gun owners, especially in the South. Yeah, that's part of our culture. Because, I mean, it does go hand in hand with, Back in the day, it wasn't a big like police force or nothing. So literally, self defense was really an was eye necessary. For an eye. Yeah, especially like with black people. Shit, we we don't feel like we have a police force right now. That's what I'm saying. Like, so we always we had to make sure. Like we, we always had extra. guns in the house and stuff. My parents didn't, but their parents did. I think my dad had a handgun for a little while, and then he got rid of it. Um, I know he did for sure when we were living in the apartment I was like younger than five and I think once we moved to our first house he got rid of it and I think it's because my mom was asking him to But my, my mom is very anti-gun which is weird because her her mom and her dad both were my grandma used to carry a gun in her bra <laughs> A real G. <laughs> Yo. And then she had this little necklace that it was like a pin on a necklace. It was a knife. It was like a, a five inch blade. Like I they mean, was some, like they were about that. So they taught my mom how to shoot and stuff. But my mom was really anti gun. Coming I mean, coming out of certain uh a certain era, being a woman is already hard enough, but being a black woman back in the day. Right. And like, you better be strapped with something. Yeah. And so, like, my mom knows how to shoot and stuff, and she, all her brothers and stuff, always had guns, but she's, she didn't want one in her house. I only shot um, a shotgun for skeet shooting. I've never shot a handgun. We're gonna shoot one day. I kind of do. I need to. I should. Like it's. I mean, it's it's messed up to say, but it is fun. It sounds fun. It looks fun. It's probably therapeutic too. Yeah, like it's a release, and you do get like a little bit of like, I guess an endorphin high. Mm-hmm. But like, it's also just interesting the science behind it and stuff. So I, don't, so I don't look at the people that are completely like no gun. I just think that you gotta be twenty five to rent a car. Maybe you should be twenty one to buy an assault rifle. You Maybe, know. shit. Twenty one kind of feels young. I know. Too. That's what I was like. Now that I'm like older, I'm like twenty one. I was out here. Wow. We were babies. We. That's when you think you're grown, but you're still a baby. Yeah. Like you think you're grown because you can drink, but that doesn't mean anything. You ain't paying for. You shit. can't drink responsibly. <laughs> right. <laughs> you ain't paying for shit. You ain't got no real responsibilities. You just out here living the good life. But um, <laughs> yeah, these like school shootings, I feel like are happening more often. Like on top of us hearing about it more, I feel like it's it's happening more often. And with the Santa Fe one, that one was so intense because, like, did you see the video of the fast one of the girls that was there? They were like, mm-hmm. um, "How do you? Uh, did you ever feel like this would happen?" And she was and like, she was like yeah. "Yeah," and like I was like, "Oh shit." Like, cause you, usually they give the answer like I never would have thought yeah. this would have happened, but no, nah, these kids are living in a different world from us. She was like, it's happened so many other places. Why would it not happen here? Right. Which is true. Which is exactly why there are so many people that are pushing for some kind of security and some kind of control because obviously it's 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 like a wildfire. The arguments against control or any kind of control is so ridiculous because we don't do that with any other problem. We won't do that when somebody's do it when somebody's facing cancer. <laughs> They'll be like, man, you just ignore that shit. Right. You're going to be healed. Just ride it out. Right. But why is it like I understand the culture of guns in America, but at what expense is that really worth it? 
Well, my thing is, like, what is it that these people that are so anti-gun control, what do they, what do they really think that they're protecting? They think, part of the argument is, they think it's a slippery slope. They think, all right, now you'll come for assault rifles next to the V for all guns. That's why when liberals and people that are completely anti-gun and don't think anybody should have a gun, that's why sometimes it hurts for them to be so vocal. Because mm-hmm. I don't think all liberals want guns taken away. But there are some that believe that guns should be completely taken away. And then, so, the far right will take those people and be like, see, they all want that. Mm-hmm. So it's the two polar sides going against each other. And everybody in the middle lies somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Like, I don't think we're as divided on that issue as we pretend like we are. The talking heads are, but we're not as divisive on that as you would think. Yeah, I think um, a lot of times people just want to be able to argue. People just want to be right. Yeah. But on something like this, what's right is that we're saving people's lives. So how can you not be on that side and that doesn't necessarily mean complete gun confiscation right but it also doesn't mean that you should be able to walk onto your campus with an ar-10 speaking of which (laughs) let's talk about this uh brolic young woman she's so brave Oh my god. I don't even know that. <laughs> you can't even get started. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot. Like for her to feel like she can walk on a college campus in this climate with an AR ten strapped and then taking a posing and taking all these pictures. With an invitation that says come and take it. Like she's threatening you to approach her. Yeah. So what are you gonna do? Shoot us? Like what that's what it that's what it seems like she's implying. And then like that that's just sick to me. Like I really feel like that's sick. And also it's sick because you know what happened on Kent State in the 60s four students were shot. So the college that she's at, she's walking around campus with this on one of the most infamous uh places where school shooting has happened. Mm. And she thinks this is all cute. And then she feels like she's being persecuted and goes on. To say that it's racism. And I. The backlash that she's received. No. Like, I don't. How do you arrive at it's racism? Like. I'm just I'm just about to, to play the clip. What's the reaction been like? It's been crazy. Um, I was not expecting the blatant racism that's been thrown at me. Let's just stop there. <laughs> uh, blatant racism. but And she says that in reference to people saying that it's her white privilege that has allowed her to be able okay. to not only walk on a campus with an AR-10, but leave the campus unscathed and unharmed in any way, but then also be able to be here having this interview about it. Like, like, but it is white privilege the fact that she was able to fucking do that, and nobody looked at her as a threat enough to kill her. To her, it was a protest against another protest. Tamir Rice was shot in a park, and he was what twelve years old, playing with a toy gun, and she's walking around with an AR ten. John Crawford, John Crawford, which was also mentioned in this video, was shot because he was looking at guns that were sold in Walmart. Yeah. In an open carry state. Anyway, let's let's continue the clip. The right out death threats, uh, just what the, kind of racism? Calls. So <laughs> he, he was like, "What?" His face. Uh, for going out on campus with my AR-10, they are saying that this all has to do about uh, me being white that I was able to do this. I think that's very insulting to minorities. Another, another thing that I want to say about like those kind of comments is we have to get to a point where we're able to speak about race and not take it as racism. So just because I say 
this white woman or this black woman does not mean that I am being racist. We we have to be able to identify people mm-hmm. without it. Like we we can address race when when it plays a role in these issues and not be racism. I think a lot of people think, oh, well, why are you being racist to it? You're the one that's racist. And yeah. I'm like, no, race just plays a part in the outcome of this situation, and we're pointing it out. Right. That why does why don't people understand what racism is? A lot of people think that just saying black is is scary or they get nervous. Like I had this one woman who was um, trying to describe to me who had helped her the last time she came in our store, and she was like, um, well, she was she had well she was black. Um, not to be offensive, and I was just like. It's not offensive for you to describe right. to me uh, who this lady is. <laughs> Why are you <laughs> feeling like, some kind of way about that? Also, like, like a similar situation. I was talking to somebody, and they're, we're talking about their family history, and then they were talking about they were trying to get to the point to where they were talking about the slaves that their family owned. They were like, not to be racist, but they own slaves. I'm like, how does that make you racist by saying that the, somebody owns they, slaves? Right. That's a fact. That's not. It doesn't not, make you racist at all. Right. It's like, oh, so you acknowledge the history of America that so <laughs> makes you racist? Like, like people don't understand what racist is. And also, a lot of people think that they think that ra- using the word racist or racism is a reactionary word mm-hmm. instead of something that's describing mm-hmm. an action or a person. They think racist as the same way we feel about the n-word or something mm-hmm. that's the only word you can say to certain people that will make them feel off edge and feel offended by calling them a racist so what does that say about who's the most privileged class right like if the only word i could say that could offend you is, is that you're racist and not in an actual derogatory term Who's winning? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, she said, I think that's very insulting to minorities to say that um, it's white privilege for her to be able to carry this AR-10. I'm just like, girl, what? Yeah, so she's posing with this AR-10 and her cap says, come and take it. I actually ho- co-host it an open carry demonstration on the campus, the same location I took the photo, and students just freaked out. They held a silent protest that um, you know, demanded gun control. If you were on campus and you saw somebody with a motherfucking AR-10, <laughs> would you not freak out? <laughs> like, what is going on? What other reaction was she expecting? There, this, this is my thing is, what is her end goal here? What does she think was going to be people's reaction? She's just trying to make a name for herself. She saw all that clout that that uh, other girl got for uh, taking her graduation pictures with that uh, gun and all the clout that uh, tomato uh, lettuce got from putting that <laughs> that gun in her yoga pants, which I don't understand why. <laughs> because that's that's not concealing a weapon at all. At all. But I mean, I guess if you search it for clout. She said it was a demonstration girl. And then Shannon Watts tweeted, You're still alive, Caitlin, not even arrested after bringing a semi automatic rifle to school. That's white privilege. So um, I don't feel like we need to tackle what white privilege is. I feel like most people understand what it is. I I really don't. So we actually might. I, I mean, I, we can. I really don't think people understand what we're saying when we're saying white privilege. They think that we're saying that white people automatically have a better life than all people of color. And that's not what we're arguing. We're arguing that there's certain advantages to being white in this society based on uh, historical things and things that are taking place now to keep a permanent underclass. Right. But I don't think, I think people, when they hear white privilege, they hear, so all my accomplishments were just given to me. It's like, no, 
but you have to acknowledge it. But it might have been easier. It might have been easier than, say, my parents or my grandparents. Definitely my grandparents. Right. Like, that's that goes without say. Like, people don't understand the way that race has affected this country. And in recent history, I mean recent history in the last, like, 50 years, you'll understand that like things like redlining made it to where our grandparents couldn't own houses. They live in certain Yeah, areas. and then they paid higher rates for uh, for worse housing. They'll understand that the literal suburbs were built for white GIs and they weren't allowed for our grandparents once they came back from World War II. Couldn't they couldn't get those. They couldn't go to college for the GI Bill. It's real systemic racism. Mm-hmm. They think that we're just saying that they get stuff handed for free, and we're not saying that. Yeah, I think sometimes they also think that um, that because there are so many black people in America that are successful, especially like celebrities, which is I, th- I had made a tweet about um, Andrew Schultz questioning how Donald Glover or why Donald Donald Glover decided to to do the this, the this is America video because Donald Glover is someone who has had great success at such a young age as a black man in America. You know, he's saying, you know, what what racism could he experience and what discrimination could he? I'm just like, just because you do see a black person who has acquired a certain amount of wealth or a certain amount of success does not mean that they went through life without any kind of discrimination and that they still don't. There's still people who don't know who certain celebrities are. And because of that, they could get treated like shit, just like any other normal right. working class. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because of the color of their skin. Like, did you see the Chris Rock uh, tambourine special on Netflix? Yes. When he was talking about, I'm not famous from 50 yards away. I'm famous right, 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 right over here. Right, right. <laughs> from 50 yards away, I look like a threat. Right. Somebody's scared of me. You know what and I'm saying? when you get close, it's, hey, Chris. Like, that's the other thing. And also, Andrew Souls is a racist. He's he's a racist. Abysmal. I cannot stand his like, commentary. I had to stop listening to Brilliant Idiots. I I think I'm on that. And then plus, Charlemagne be trying. Charlemagne be cooning, man. Like on Brilliant, I feel like he when when he gets around Andrew, it's like a switch flips because he's right. not that same Charlemagne on The Breakfast Club. And. Then I, Andrew Schultz can wear all the Jordans he want. He can date all the black women he want, but that dude is secret racist. Yeah, he's got some some issues that he needs to. Uh... Just uh, it's just like he wanted to invite. Uh, what's the the Nazi that got punched in the face? Uh, it's too many of them. The <laughs> the big one, the one that went to Auburn for that speech. Oh, um, was it Stephen? I'm doing good if I blocked him out of my memory. Right, me too. But anyway, like he wanted to invite that dude on. He was like, "No, I think I could commit. I could uh, destroy him. I could destroy him." Like, bro, you can't give no dude like that clout. Like, you don't give room for racists to spew their hatred. Right. And I get that we we like to see people owned or whatever, but no, you got to think about how many people are going to be activated by hearing his hate speech. Richard Spencer. That's exactly. That's it. That's exactly why we were so confused and upset at Kanye because he was pretty much giving support to things that don't need to be supported, right. such as racism, sexism, all that shit. Right. Um, and like, like he was literally quoting white nationalist talking points. Right, exactly. So, fuck Andrew Joe. Um, but what I was going to say is we had to get to a point where Um, we need to realize that money and wealth and success does not absolve black people and other people of color from discrimination and racism. It's just like the LeBron thing when they uh, painted nigger on his fence. Right. And then people still were like, people got upset about him saying that no matter how high you go up, you still have to deal with this shit. They were like, so what kind of, what, they say this stupid ass shit. Like, what dude told me? He was like, 
like what kind of oppression has LeBron James ever had to go through? It's like, bro, you don't know Another where he came from. Question. Like he was raised by a crackhead. Look, that was what fifteen. He came from one of the worst uh, neighborhoods ever, yeah. and got out, and it's almost worth what three hundred million. Yeah. You think he got that? Like easy, easily. Like you think nobody was against him? You think nobody ever came? <laughs> Literally, all the odds were against him, but they got to some of his genes, which he don't know who his father is. So they got somewhere. He got genes that were able to help him out, and that still was only half the job. Because there's tons of people out here that can who. Not everybody makes the money that he made. Exactly. And if he could still be uh, have the N-word spray painted on his house. Anybody can. Like, what amount of money does it take for somebody to be like, oh, you know what? <laughs> Never mind. Right. There is none. Which is, like, why that's a lot of the basis in hip-hop and Jay-Z's story of OJ. Like, also, like, still nigga at the end of the day. Speaking of OJ, like... That thirty for thirty, the long. Did you see the whole five part? Uh, 30 the for 30? if I did it thing. No, you have it like it's like a six hour OJ documentary that was on ESPN. It's on line now, but was it recent? Last year, it was. It's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. I might. Have, I always like thirty for thirty though. Like this one is even better. And then by the time. The first episode is done. Like you're almost convinced. You're like, I kind of understand why OJ thought he could do whatever he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then by the last episode, you're like, you realize a couple of things. One, he did that shit. He had to have done it. There's no way around. And then the second thing is like, man, that dude really got out of being black and then went all the way back. Yeah. He did like. By the time you watch this, like he'll be like, "What the fuck?" Oh, maybe I should I should watch that, but um, yeah, money doesn't doesn't get you too far out no. of, especially it, going if, especially if you're someone who is traveling to different areas of America or just in the country. Period. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also, it's amazing to see what a a white cosign can do. Like, if you're out in public and people see that you're with white people or something, yep. their their approach to you changes. Oh, yeah. It's Absolutely. Just, like, and I don't think... Guards down. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, he's friendly. And there's <laughs> Like, nothing. you think I'm only friendly because these white people around? Right. Nah. <laughs> like, people have no idea the levels of things we have to deal with for, on an everyday basis. For nothing. For no reason. And I damn sure ain't gonna be carrying an AR-10 on a college campus. Ever in my life. Like, the level of balls it takes for you to be like, you know what? I'm about to take these graduation pictures. I'm strapped my AR to my back. And let's just, just go out in the open. Let's like, just go a couple locations around campus and see what happens. No kind of security. <laughs> just... The ultimate level of privilege... I just want to know what that level of comfort feels like to be able to just walk out your damn door. You ain't you ain't got a duffel bag. <laughs> just walk out your damn door with a whole ass assault rifle on your back. And think it's cute to take pictures around campus when all school wasn't even out yet. School was still in session. And she thought, you know what? It'd be cute for these pictures. Let me go to this, uh, put on a nice uh, spring dress and let me go out and take some pictures. Mm-mm-mm. She tweeted uh, today. She said, I took my graduation photos last week to make a statement about the policies at Kent and the reaction from the violent left gave me a reason to go get my concealed carry license today. I'm proud to carry and I will not allow violent leftists to tune to turn me into a victim. The idea that because you have a gun <laughs> and people are afraid of you having a gun makes them violent. And you're a victim? <laughs> you're the weapon. You're the one with the weapon and you're the victim? Like that's like she literally was menacing around campus. And she's just like, I'm being victimized by the violent left. 
Ain't nobody trying to do nothing to you. They, we were saying words. Now, the people that said death threats, of course I don't agree with them. But she's stupid as hell. They always talk about like it's a victim culture in America. But then they be the quickest ones to, pl- to play victim. Yeah. Just like yeah. cook out Karen when she started crying. Right. Just at the drop of a dime. I'm being attacked. Shut your ass up. You the one who called a popo. <laughs> right. Like, people, people are full of shit. Your sweetness, your aphrodisiality, intimate I studied your curves to fold Like an artist to subject I hold A creation derived from you You're welcome today, thank you tweeted that something like that too like people dating interracially um there are people who just don't like it but that's not our problem that's right. their problem right if, if i if i date somebody who's a different race from me and you have a problem with it that's your problem right that's not my problem first of all it's none of your business right and i'm not gonna live my life based to please you i can give a fuck yeah, and I feel like that with not just dating interracially, but homosexual uh, related. Right. Like, I can't stand when people have so much to say about homosexual couples, and I just don't see how they do it. Like, I don't see. You don't have to see. All right. So <laughs> if you don't want to have gay marriage, don't get one. They probably on the other side of the table thinking the right. same thing about I don't your know relationship. How they do it, they right. Should. Like, I can't stand that. Like, it's funny I, a business. That's, that's a big pet, uh, pet peeve of mine. That when, but like with LGBT issues, like people get so upset and say the most absurd things. Mm-hmm. Like when they're like, I just don't think a man should be able to go in a restroom with my wife. It's like, but it's not a man. It's a <laughs> woman. Like, would you prefer, like, I, I don't know what you want. The, and then also the sneaky thing about that is. So you're saying men are predators. Right. So now <laughs> now you're coming out and admitting that men ain't shit. Right. Which is what women have been saying. <laughs> For thousands of years. <laughs> the other funny thing is people like with the bathroom issue, no sign is going to keep a predator out. If you were just going to create a sign and keep quote unquote bad people out, right? why don't you just put uh, no rapists allowed on top of a bathroom? You think any of those people are going to see the sign and be like, oh, you know what? <laughs> I was going to go in there. Never mind. No rapists. Never mind. I'm going to do right. Right. Like people, people are so fucking stupid. Yeah. Like you, if you really want to see how backwards this world is, is when you start talking about issues like that and you see we're still cavemen. Mm-hmm. Like, and people, like, I just don't think they should be kissing in public. So you don't have an issue with uh, the uh, teenagers kissing? Don't y'all go to weddings and see people kiss? Right. And don't you say, oh, you see people kiss? Why are you so issue. triggered? Right. Why, why are you so uncomfortable with what other people are doing? Period. That you can't even. That has nothing to do with you. It's because they exist. That's their problem. That they even exist, and that's a that is a true like level of hatred for and, you to be that upset. And I don't understand that. Me I've neither. never understood that. Me neither. And like I've come a long way from like my thinking since I was a kid until like now, but I've never been one of those people like like I never had an issue with that. That was never my. Oh no, I never understood that that level of hatred for anything really, but especially that. Like because I just I'm just like who are they hurting? Are they physically hurting you? No, because you're not involved. Number one, like I said, it's none of your business. You're not involved. What they are doing has nothing to do with you. And they always use the most like hypothetical examples that would never happen. Or they try to use the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> and it's funny how they only mention the Bible on this, the things that they agree with on the, in the Bible. 
Mm-hmm. Y'all never talk about like you can't have eat shellfish or fornication or they love bacon, but you ain't supposed to eat <laughs> drinking. None of that. No. It's but I just I'm a, I'm a Christian. God says. <laughs> really? What scripture is it? Uh. <laughs> God also says not to be hateful and to love thy neighbor. So, what are you doing? He with he without sin cast first stone. Mm. But they don't mention any of that. It's only about uh, we don't like these guys making out. <laughs> and plus, the other thing is, it's similar to like how we were talking about how we have to move throughout society because when you start trying to start nothing, gay people are the exact same way. Hell yeah, they know that people don't like that they exist, so they try to be as cordial and cool and for you to accept them as possible. But anytime you like, if they do anything, people flip out. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just trying to force the gay agenda down our uh, throats. Like, what are you talking about? What's the gay agenda? What, that right. they want to be accepted? Right. What is How dare agenda? they? <laughs> How dare they want to be treated like a human? <laughs> How like, dare that's they? pretty much what they're saying. That is exactly what they're saying. It's like, oh, they want to be able to get married. Okay. How does that affect you? Our, remember, our kids don't need to see it. Well, number well, you one, can't see a lot of fucked up shit. Right. You can't control everything your kids see. And then plus, they also need to know that different people in the world exist. So when they do see two guys kissing, they'll be like, oh my they God. They aren't as hateful as your ass is. Yeah. <laughs> and make you embarrassed when you out <laughs> eating a meal. <laughs> Marginalized groups of people are the most accepting groups of people. Right. Because we know what it's like to be ostracized. Yeah. So we are way more open to getting to know people without judging them. Right. So, you know, kids but, need to be uh exposed to that. And I remember this one this one person I know, they said <laughs> this is literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard. As far as it gets gay marriage. Oh, shit. Them having a gay marriage undermines my marriage. And I was like, I'm going to need you to explain that to me. How does that, how does somebody else's marriage undermine your marriage? Nobody else's marriage got nothing to do with (laughs) your marriage. It shouldn't at all. And also from like, you would think from like a conservative standpoint, the idea that you would want people to stay out of your bedrooms and out of your day-to-day life would be a conservative talking point but apparently if you're gay or black or any other marginalized group same rules don't seem to apply Mm -mm. but like yeah people and also i'm always like them mad homophobic people i'd be like "Mm." i always want to you got some unaddressed issues right i'd be like what what are the skeletons in your closet because there is no way that you are just so upset and you have so much to say and you, you know, want to be hidden from every single homosexual interaction. Especially when they do this shit like, I'm, I'm okay if I'm around them, but they just don't need to touch me. Like, bro, ain't nobody trying to touch you. It ain't contagious, number one. <laughs> and if right. it is, then maybe you need to address how you feel about the uh, same think, sex. You think just by touching somebody that you can become gay, too. I think you need to right. figure out, you know, what exactly is going on here. Do you feel some kind of way that he touched you in the spot? And then when they say like, stuff like they chose yeah, their shoes to be I hate gay. that. Or they call it a lifestyle. Right. Like, when did you choose to like women? Right. Like, if you're like me, you just like women your whole life. Or, I'm assuming... Because that is who you are. I'm assuming if you're gay or... Or whatever, like, that. that's how you've been since you've been attracted to people. To people, yeah. Because that's the other thing, like, maybe you just didn't realize when you were younger, but... everybody's journey is different you just gotta respect somebody else that has a different journey from you you can't hate people just because they do stuff that you don't like because that's your problem that is exactly your problem
concern ourselves too much with everybody else's lives right and and I, I can't say that I blame social media I think that I think that's it plays a part yeah I think if it's not the gun it's the ammo in the gun mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. because people like we see people <laughs> like tweeting or especially on Facebook because I don't know what it is Facebook culture is something different like what you mean like Facebook, like to me, Facebook is like everybody acts like they're a celebrity. Saints. Oh, or that, or you said they act like what? Saints. Saint, but like I look at it like those people that act like they're saints are playing the uh, the popularity thing of being like, oh, they have their life together. Like it's pretty much just like. It's uh, publicity. You're doing good publicity out there. And then you got them people that live their life like it's a VH1 uh, <laughs> reality show. You're like, what is going on in your life right now? Oh, my God. Like, I ain't going to judge. But it's a lot going on that you just putting out there. T- Twitter, to me, is like a mixture of a cesspool of misinformed people talking about topics that are way above their level of intelligence. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> and a place where you can find out a lot of valuable information. But then it's also trolls. There's so many trolls on Twitter. I live on Twitter. I prefer Twitter over anything else, honestly. But the only thing is, a lot of people on social media also... They learn about all these topics. Like, they learn about, uh, like, they'll learn base level information on, like, uh, uh, race theory, queer theory, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But they don't understand how to put it into action or to apply it to real life. That's why I don't like how, uh, like, the way sometimes we'll use privilege like the word privilege or other terms like that. Like, I'm trying to think what's the one that I hate the most. Somebody, uh, while you're thinking to me, has said that, because um, I was debating white privilege with them, it was this Asian guy. And he was saying that black people have privilege. And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, well, it's because y'all get to use the N word, and I can't. <laughs> and I said, "What kind of privilege is that?" I said, "Are you kidding me?" What? He was dead ass serious, and I was like, "You think that is a privilege?" What has that ever gotten anybody? First of all, it's not even a word that a lot of black people even right. use. Second of all, it's a derogatory term or it was a derogatory term that I think anybody, any marginalized group of people should be allowed to, to reclaim their words, reclaim and use however they want. Um, LGBTQ community does it. They, I mean, really any, any derogatory term, I think for them, they have taken back, but within the community, right? which is, and I've said this before on Facebook, like just because you hear a black person referring to another black person as nigga in a joking way or whatever other kind of way, doesn't mean that you can do it. If you hear uh, a drag queen call another drag queen uh, a queen, that doesn't mean that you can do that. You know what I'm saying? Like they've taken it back, but within their group, right? they're not, giving you access to these things because that's that's the whole point if we were just giving access back to everybody then where did we get <laughs> right <laughs> like well, <laughs> we literally what? just gave all the power back <laughs> we back at square one so i was just like what so of all the things you can think of how black people are privileged that was the only one oh for one i kind of do need to stop saying nigga like 
know, like when I was first listening back to the podcast, I was like, damn, I'm letting a lot of niggas go. <laughs> but see, I call everybody nigga though. I know. Like uh, objects nigga. Okay. <laughs> Literally everything in my life. Like earlier today I was gonna tweet out talking about Cooper my dog. I was like, Man, this nigga tripping. <laughs> like it's just weird, but like it's a culture thing. Like I would like usually I don't say that in front of mixed company. Mm, yeah, definitely not. That's the other thing I was thinking about. Like when people are listening to this podcast, it's probably the first time they've ever heard me use the word nigga. I say it around certain friends, regardless of race, uh, but that still doesn't mean that you get to say it right. as a non-black person. Like, no nah, man, <laughs> I'm gonna say what the fuck I want to say because I'm black. <laughs> right. And to be all the way honest, <laughs> you could say it. It's just the outcome. It's not gonna be what you want. It's possibly uh, not gonna be in your favor. You might catch these hands, and that that goes back to like intent. You know what I'm saying? You can't. You can never fully decode somebody's intent. So when you're white using derogatory terms, you can say. You know, to the moon and back that you were just joking. That's the other weird thing about like the whole alt right thing where they act like we're just joking, we're being ironic. How am I supposed to know you're being ironic? Like, bro, like now you're saying this because we getting in your ass about it, but (laughs) like being ironic is only funny if it's funny. But then, too, like you've gone so far that I'm already mad. I don't care if you turn around and say I'm joking, like, nah, fuck that. It's just like when people pull up uh, those uh, pranks where they do like fucked up shit and then like when people act up on them, they're like, it's a, it's a joke, man. It's a camera. Right. Like when that one dude was stepping on people's Jordans. Ooh. And then <laughs> they start beating his ass. And he's like, it's a prank. It's a prank. Like, bro, that's not funny. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, especially saw... somebody new. To... I mean, don't step on my shoes at all, but. Yo. People take Jordans a little seriously. Man, catch these hands. <laughs> and then, I mean, get out. If you're black, get out. It's terrifying. <laughs> I didn't, I was, when I was watching it, I was having a hard time deciding if it was supposed to be horror or if it was just, you know, drama, but I mean, it's definitely, it became horror. Yeah. So it it didn't have, there was some underlying like red flags, but like what? Because um, I have been waiting to have a, a good get out conversation with somebody. I mean, the maid, the man in the yard, the the maid, she was the most She was so creepy. creepy. Her eyes, just the way that she spoke, the way that she moved, she creeped me out. You know who scared me the most? Uh, the white girl's brother. Brother. He <laughs> looked psychotic, which he probably was. And I know tons of cats like that. <laughs> That's the scariest part about Get Out. The subtle things that Jordan Peele put in that movie to oh, be yeah. like, like the, the creepy stuff that we have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Like that energetic. The uh, dad, I think, was the epitome of like microaggressive shit. Yes. Uh, Say my man. Like shit like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then like the. So, Something about the brother, like with the fact he just wanted to wrestle, and like, like he just like, always had rage in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's about that white rage, the scary man, scary, thing. scary as fuck. I know so many people like that. Like all the characters in that movie, I know tons of people like that, and that's what made it scary. I agree because you always shake it off as. They, they're just ignorant mm-hmm. or something like that. But the idea that there could be something more sinister behind it is what made it scary. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I don't believe that she, I mean, it wouldn't be a brain transfusion, like, towards the end. But the idea of something that sinister lurking is what made that movie so good. That shit really had me shook. I was like, what the fuck? That movie's a classic already. But it's also a classic because it literally, like, it did a couple things. For one, it made a new term for niggas that we done lost in, <laughs> in, in our journey. Let's in just the fight. Say, the sunken place is the perfect name for people that are lost. lost. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's, it's going to be a long time before somebody comes up with a better term for that. And also... It's probably going to have to be uh, Jordan that comes up with another term for that. You know he's coming out with another one with Lupita and so the dude that played uh, Mbaka. Yeah. Like, that's going to be dope. And also, he cemented uh, Redbone in history. Because starting that movie out oh. with Redbone was so perfect. Yeah, him smoking weed. Yeah. It was, yeah. When we... Everybody was hyped in the theater. <laughs> That that song still rides. It still does. Like, and then like uh, Peter Rosenberg said it the other day. He was like, "You're gonna hear that song for the next thirty, forty years. Like any wedding you go to, that's gonna be one of the songs that they play." It's just so vibey. Like it's so, I can't even. It just makes you feel good. Hell yeah! You're like, man, that shit is dope. That's like good. Like it's that good soul. Sunday riding with the top down, with your fro out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like it's also fun that, like when you come up with music that you, literally everybody can play yeah and everybody vibes too because mm-hmm. you can play that for a 60 year old and they'd be like oh shit right bring <laughs> taking them back right is it who put the p-funk on <laughs> <laughs> be like first of all chill <laughs> it's not them <laughs> it is not george clinton and parliament <laughs> funkadelic I'm like after get out I don't need anything else I just if you had told me like four years ago uh, P.O. from Key and P.O. is gonna come out with one of if him and Gambino ever collaborate that could be some sick shit I don't mm-hmm. think we ready for that we might not even deserve that yet mm-hmm. <laughs> no, we no. might not be good enough for that right like that's gonna I feel like it's a black renaissance going on Right now, mm-hmm. and we're so having... who's all a part of this Black Renaissance? Okay, we're just gonna do it like that. We're gonna, I'm gonna try to group as many people as together. Okay, whole cast of Atlanta. Okay, yeah, we got Issa Rae. Hmm. We'll just go with the cast of Insecure. You got Blackish, mm-hmm. you got Jordan Peele, mm-hmm. um, uh, Jaden Willow. <laughs> right, right. The youngsters. Then music wise, uh, Hallie and Chloe. Yeah, Chance the Rapper. Grownish. Have they're you... they're in it. I haven't seen Blackish or Grownish. Really? I literally don't watch TV. That that makes me sad. I bar- I know. I barely have time to watch anything like in any kind of order. If I ever do, I'm binging on a day off. But Chloe and Hallie. They're on there. Um, the guy Trevor Jackson, he's on there. The one that's playing Superfly, which I, I don't know. I don't know. You know what I really want to come back is motherfucking. Uh, what was that one show on Netflix? What was it about? about the black kids in Harlem? Oh, the uh, the Get Down. Yeah, I want that to come back. I love that. I, I couldn't get with it. I love the. My game. brother loved it, but I was like, it's I kinda, love it's it. Mad weird. <laughs> <laughs> and like for my weird ass, I was like, ah, that's kind of. I love that. I wanted to come back, but. Uh, speaking of them, uh, the dude that played in that, and he was also the main character in Dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the younger cats that are coming up. Um, the the kid that plays Lucas in Stranger Things. Never seen Stranger Things, but I know oh, who you're, you're talking about. I told I how you ain't seen Stranger Things, but but him because he's really good. He was really good in the uh, new edition. 
movie too. Cause I he, he was in a new edition movie. Mm-hmm. He could, he could sing and everything. I didn't see that either. <laughs> I feel like this is an episode of Black Card Revoked. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm thinking about revoking your black card. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, when you work like I work. No, no. I literally don't have time for TV. If I do, it's like one weeknight per week that I have time to try to watch. I have to pick and choose. And normally if I'm watching anything, it's probably Atlanta or some shit on Netflix. But it's never like... I can't watch shows on the days that they come out. I don't have DVR in my room. I have Hulu. I usually watch Blackish on Hulu. I, I catch up with it. I have Netflix. Wow. But I digress. <laughs> uh, but I feel like it's a black renaissance going on. Yeah. Because also it's not, blackness is not defined as one thing now. You can be, you can, blackness is defined by whatever we are in that situation mm-hmm. and whatever we're bringing to the table is a perspective of blackness like you know how people used to be like what's the black perspective of it? like there is no one black perspective right so I, I feel like that and then like just thought I, to get away from the term wokeness but I feel like the black conscious level right now is just it's, it's really roof. good I think Black Panther had a lot to do with this uh, renaissance. Yeah, that, that too. The cast of Black Panther is, I mean, yo, they got Chad with Bozeman's arms tired as fuck from <laughs> poor little Chad <laughs> from Man. crisscrossing, Bruh. Like you know, he had to be hype at first, but now. I bet after the first month, he was like, oh my God. And then Infinity War came out, he had to do that shit again. And then the Met Gala, bless his heart. His outfit was lit. It was. He was, he might have been the winner. He did it. Like, he did it for the men. Yeah. I think Rihanna won for the women, and Chad was easily winner for the men. Rihanna just wins everything for life. Yeah. I love Rihanna. Yeah. I love her, uh, her... Don't give a shitness, give it the no fucks attitude. Yeah, I love that about her. Like she's like the ultimate like cool chick. It's like, like even past the level of just being like her beauty, like just her this chill factor. It's so she's, fucking. She's dope. relatable, right? She's not bougie. You, you know, know what, what she kind of gives a vibe of. Like I know it was the twenty fifth, I think twenty fifth anniversary of the Janet album. Mm-hmm. The other day, she kind of gives off a, a Janet 90s vibe. Janet vibe, like just the cool chick in the back, probably smoking. And like she's around yeah, some interesting. I didn't get smoke people. vibes from Janet back in the day, though. Really? Janet, Janet seemed like too much of a good Like she was that good girl that probably, you know, uh, knew some good tricks in the bedroom. That you know, only a select few got to find out about. But I didn't get like drinking, smoking vibes from her, Did or partying ever... in general. Really? I feel like Janet was like the go home and get beauty rest and be sexy. I never caught that vibe, but I was a big. My sister and my aunt were big Janet Jackson fans, so I listened to a lot of Janet Jackson albums, mm. like especially like the Velvet Rope, like that. That era, she was giving off some chill factor vibes. Okay, maybe that's that might be why, because I didn't. You never really fucked with her like mm-hmm. that. I didn't. Like I used to love all her music videos, especially when whenever she would do collabs with Michael, and they used to dance their dance sequences. Like oh. somebody posted a video of her performing anytime, any place on SNL. I love that song. Like even before. Uh, Kendrick and Drake sampled it for Poetic Justice. Mm-hmm. But, like, her her chill vibe is just... Like, I love Janet Jackson. But it's almost like that level. Like, like they're sexy as hell, but they're so fucking cool. Yeah. That, like... Like, I remember when uh, Gambino was hanging out a lot with Janae Iko, which I'm not putting her on the same level as Rihanna or Janet Jackson... But he was like, 
they uh, Charlemagne, it was on breakfast club. He was like, "So are you dating Janae?" He was like, "I don't, I don't know if anybody could ever really date Janae and have like her complete, like her heart completely." Hmm. It's almost like that, and I'm like, "That's pretty." That's a pretty dope way. I don't of. feel like that's true for Rihanna though. I just feel like Rihanna knows when not to settle. And Rihanna is also just a woman in charge of her own, you know, sexuality and 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 dating life. She's not out here feeling pressured to be loyal until she know. I mean, she's well, in a relationship right now. Yeah, she is. And also like I like the fact that she doesn't let gender norms really bother like she, I feel like she's also in touch with her masculinity oh, as yeah. well as her femininity. She has a, a tomboy angle to her, right. which I love. I love that kind of woman. Like I, I aspire to be that kind of woman where you could just literally be so confident that you do what the fuck you want. Like in all aspects of everything, what you wear, how your hair looks, whether or not you're gonna put makeup on for the day. If you're gonna smoke in public or not, and not give a damn, like, right. like, like, I'm trying to think of somebody else who gives off that type of vibe, where it's like, no matter what, they're themselves. You're unbothered. And also, I, I do wonder what, as far as what Rihanna, would we have gotten to see that if I, I don't wanna. Chris so, Brown. Yeah, but I don't want it to make it seem like that that was all her career is defined by that. Because I I feel like we've gotten to the point, especially now, to where that's long gone. Like, when when she's gone in the future, that would be at the end of her bio. It won't be first line. And I think at one point, it was like, that was like, you instantly thought of Chris Brown. Mm -hmm. We talked about Rihanna. And I don't think it's that now. I feel like it still affects her um, because when that whole Snapchat thing happened, yeah, she you know made a public post about basically going off on Snapchat. Um, so I think it still affects her, but I think it definitely shaped her and how she pursues men. Period, or how she lets men into her world. I know uh, when she was dating Matt Kemp, he had spoke that like he was one of her first serious relationships after all of that had happened. And I think it's after he had dated after she had dated him again. Cause you remember when they, they were still kind of off and on mm-hmm. and he was like dealing with um, somebody who's gone through something that traumatic it's taxing on both people and he was like I'm not trying to say that I'm anywhere close to feel like he, he, he did it good where he wasn't saying that he was a victim or anything but he was saying having somebody deal with the post-traumatic stress or something like that is taxing on the next relationship and I could totally see that mm-hmm. so I think she had to go through levels to get through that but I wonder if I wonder if we would have got to see the full scope of her personality if it wasn't for that. I think we would have because I think a lot of her healing came out in her music too. Mm-hmm. Like especially with her most recent album, Anti. I feel like Anti was so fucking good. I feel like this album was the album where she was fully realized as a woman, like right, fully like I'm standing up in my shit. Um, just confidence was all in anti one of my favorite tracks on anti was desperado because mm-hmm. that shit was just like gangsta is it was pretty dark it's, it's really dark and i think she mastered that also mm-hmm. she mastered if beyonce is going to be like not to play them against each other because we always do that we play women against each other but at one point it seemed like before beyonce fully Embrace her artist artistry. Rihanna had kind of was like, if it's gonna be the if Beyonce is gonna be on this one side, well, I'm gonna be on this other side. Mm-hmm. And then now eventually they equaled out. They yeah. leveled out. Yeah. The, I mean, it just goes to show that 
definitely the things in your life affect you, but when you put them in your music, I think it's it's the therapy when you're an artist. And also, like, in your videos and other things, because that's, I think that also played into their artistry. Like, the, the cinematography for Lemonade was fire. Yeah. And even, like, for Rihanna's videos and stuff, they're always... Like, we'll be talking about them, like, for a long time. They, they have the kind of art that will leave you asking questions. And, like, I remember what Anti dropped. I played the fuck out of that. Oh, album. yeah. So did I. I still do. I know. It's still, like, on my track. Sex with me? Like, that's, a, that's why I say I feel like she is now, and it's not her first time, you know, being explicit, but she's confident in who she is and yeah. what she can do as a woman. I love that. So thank you guys for tuning in today to Suburban Pod. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Kirby Brown Girl. And you can find me at a kid named Juice. Some of our music today was provided by our good friend Corey Battle. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJC Battle. New episodes available every Thursday. 